folks, do you feel like everything these days is go, go, go? It's nonstop from work to friends to family and a million pressing issues. Sometimes you just need to take a playoff and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. Hey, it's that time of year in Minnesota again to get out on the lake, go to the cabin, sit back, watch the baseball. Coors Light is the perfect refreshment to chill during these summer months. There's only one beer out there that's made to chill. The mountains on the bottles and cans turn blue when your beer is cold, and that way you know it's time to chill. Hit that reset button with some mountain cold refreshment. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Coors Light is the one you should choose when you need to unwind. When you want to hit the reset button, reach for the beer that is made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. I'm Taneo Gwumike. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, Front and Center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. Welcome to another episode of Purple Insider. Matthew Collar here, along with Chris Trapasso. He covers the NFL Draft for CBS Sports, one of my favorite draft analysts. And yes, Chris, it's October, and we're bringing draft analysts on the show in Minnesota. That is a thing that is happening, sir. I know, and recently that hasn't been something that has happened. During the Mike Zimmer era, it's all about can they advance the next step in the playoffs? Can they get over the hump and, and not lose that game in in the NFC title game or the divisional round. So it's kind of uncharted waters for Vikings fans, but it's not too early. We're almost to November. You got to start watching these college games on Saturday, not just because they're good games, but watching specific prospects at all the positions. Okay. And that is why you are here because I have become enthralled with Zach Wilson. Uh, BYU, as people know, has a wonderful quarterback history that includes a Detmer, Steve Young, Jim McMahon, and now Zach Wilson. And uh, the first night that I saw Zach Wilson, I was just clicking around the TV, saw BYU's playing, knew nothing about Zach Wilson. He made three throws, and I went, what is going on here? Who is this quarterback from BYU? And then I have seen uh, film breakdowns and so forth for people like yourself. Uh, Explain to me where Zach Wilson came from. Like, did we know this was going to happen? Did I just have my head in the sand? Or is he kind of Joe Burrowing right now? He's not exactly Joe Burrowing. Uh, He started as a freshman two years ago at BYU. uh, And you saw some of those splashy throws earlier in his career. He dealt with a lot of injuries. BYU hasn't been as good. Um, So if you are an avid BYU fan, I think you were maybe – hoping that something close to what Zach Wilson is doing would happen or materialize this year. I don't know if even the most fervent BYU fan would have expected 78% completion, 13 touchdowns, one interception, six more rushing touchdowns. Um, and beyond just all those stats, we we know watching college football schemes, uh, a lot of talent around a quarterback can produce those statistics. He looks like a legitimate 
NFL draft prospect with his arm, with his playmaking ability. I'm as enthralled with Zach Wilson as you are because he looks like that modern-day quarterback that can make those plays outside of structure and from inside the pocket as well. So this is exactly like where I want to go in terms of his playmaking ability. And this is a frustration of Vikings fans with Kirk Cousins. He is not a playmaking quarterback. He is more of a system quarterback where everything has to be right. The scheme has to be spot on. And in 2019 with Kevin Stefanski, it was. And I think Baker Mayfield is finding out the benefits of having Kevin Stefanski running your offense as well. But that's not always going to be there. And there was one particular moment with Zach Wilson where I went, oh, okay, this is what I want to see from the next Vikings quarterback. He's rolling to his right, and he's got a receiver coming over the middle kind of on his right side, and he just flings himself around and fires a BB, and you think the ball is kind of going to come down, but it has velocity all the way into the receiver's hands. And I just went, like, arm talent, uh, and it kind of had, and I don't want to be overly hyperbolic, but it kind of had a Mahomesy Rogers type of feel to be able to throw on the move like that, and, and I think that – um, that is like you're saying, like what you have to have is that playmaking ability and the arm talent in order to be a top tier NFL quarterback. Yeah. And I actually just wrote a scouting profile, like you mentioned on Zach uh, Wilson earlier this week at CBSSports.com. So I remember that exact throw against UTSA. So the competition that he's played obviously has not been top tier, but that throw, and I wrote, that was an elite-level quarterback play that we see on Sundays. Stepped up into the pocket, drifted right, it did not have his feet set perfectly, almost looked like a shortstop throwing the ball across the diamond. That's what teams want to see, and as a draft evaluator, that's what I want to see. That I think 10 years ago, Kirk Cousins, and why he's had such a long career, is that coaches wanted that system quarterback. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you to throw it here. This is going to be the coverage. Make the throw. But Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Josh Allen, uh, that new age, even Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow, mm-hmm. new age of quarterbacking, you need that ability. And just watching all of Zach Wilson's film, I mean, I don't want to come on here and be that guy that says he has the it factor because as a draft analyst, I should be able to describe what I'm seeing. Right. He just makes plays, though. He, it's like Russell Wilson-esque that he has the nickname Mormon Manziel, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> he's, he's bigger than Johnny Manziel. He has a better arm than Johnny Manziel. He doesn't make as poor decisions as Johnny Manziel did, even at Texas A&M. But you kind of get that playmaker type. Like there was a pass where he threw like a shovel pass on the run for a first down. Very uh, deceptive as a runner, too. I don't think you're going to use him in the designed run game. But he just gives you all these elements to his game. He can make throws from in the pocket, strong arm, and just has a knack for making a a blitz or miss or getting rid of the football off platform, still throwing it accurately down the field. I think he could be that Joe Burrow type of quarterback that ascends, maybe not to number one overall, obviously, with Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, but be someone that two months ago we weren't even talking really about on the draft radar that ultimately goes in the first round. So people should go to your Twitter at Chris Trapasso and check that out because as soon as I saw you posted it, I slid into your DMs and said, come on the show. You're talking about Zach Wilson. You have no other choice. And here we are. Um, so how do you deal with the quality of competition issue? Now, the way I look at this is that you always evaluate the skill set first before you talk about those types of things. And the skill set is through the roof with him. 
but I also think he's kicking these people's asses. Like this was the criticism of Josh Allen was, hey, you know, the numbers weren't really that good when it came to playing for Wyoming. And then the is his, you know, supporting cast any good? And was his offense any good? And back and forth and back and forth. And I think that um, everybody has kind of gotten their turn being right about Josh Allen. But in this case, uh, you have a guy who's whipping other people. And it's sort of the Steve McNair thing where McNair went to what was it Elkhorn state and no one's heard of Elkhorn state, but he put up historically great numbers. And you mentioned the 78% completion percentage, not a perfect stat, of course, but when someone is completing eight out of 10 passes and is throwing the ball down the field, I mean, I, I think that you have to say like, that's what should be happening if you play against lesser competition. Yeah, and two points to the competition topic. Number one, it's not as though BYU has like four first-round wide receivers out there. I mean, the level of competition in all these games is relatively even, so it's not like he's being boosted by a a great offensive line and amazing receivers. And um, he's not dink and dunking. Like, there's quarterbacks in those air raid offenses that are completing 75, close to 80% of their passes. I did some research. He's actually throwing the football down the field 20-plus yards down the field at a higher rate than Trevor Lawrence. Around 17% of the time, Trevor Lawrence was just under uh, 17%. So it's not like these are inflated statistics. He wants to throw the football down the field. And when he eludes pressure, he's not just instantly trying to run. He's not doing it after his first read is covered. You see him scanning the field, and he likes to test defenses vertically. So it's really when it comes to the competition and the elementary statistics, don't scoff at them and say, oh, well, it's probably because he's got great receivers and they're dink and dunking, they're throwing a lot of screens. Yes, there are screens in the offense, but they're letting him unleash that strong arm that he has down the field relatively often. So where is he going to go as of October, what's today, 30th? Where is he going to go? Because you mocked him to the Bears, which was a huge mistake. Um, But uh, (laughs) Eric Edholm, a friend of the program, mocked him to the Vikings. Not a huge mistake. Um, But uh, I'm curious to what you think about where he stands as a prospect. Because when I see someone like Dane Brugler saying, hey, all of a sudden this guy could be at the very top, um, we've seen this before where there's shuffling, where we think someone is the fourth quarterback and they all of a sudden, you know, boost themselves up and end up as the second quarterback. Lawrence is pretty much deadlocked uh, in the first spot. But after that, it seems like it's a toss up. Daniel Jeremiah is saying that, you know, Trey Lance could be the second guy off the board. And hey, uh, Justin Fields just completed every pass in a complete whooping of uh, Nebraska. So um, where do you stand right now on how these guys uh, end up playing out? I think where he is right now, he is firmly in contention with Trey Lance from North Dakota State to be the third quarterback off the board. I still think Justin Fields, because he was a big recruit, he was at Georgia, at Ohio State, he'll ultimately be the second quarterback, and that's probably where most scouts and GMs view him. But Trey Lance at North Dakota State only played that one showcase game this year, and before that um, was his first year as a starter last season at North Dakota State. Famously didn't throw any interceptions, but you saw that that was a run-heavy offense. They didn't really ask him uh, to do a whole lot. He does have all the talent um, to be a first-round pick, but the fact that Zach Wilson will have all this momentum playing a full season, and if he continues on this track, and I don't see – if you look at their schedule, they play Boise State that I believe is ranked 25th right now. 
Beyond that, there's not a game where he has to face, you know, a Pac-12 opponent where he could just tank and then all that hype would kind of be uh, kind of dissipate. So I think playing a full season, he will be in contention and be a candidate to be the third quarterback off the board. And I think three or four, if you look back at history, that's usually the number that goes in terms of the quarterback spot in the first round. Go to SodaStick.com to get your original Minnesota sports-inspired goods. If you have not seen this stuff yet and you've been listening to this podcast, what are you doing? Make sure you go check it out. A couple of my favorite designs. They've got new gritty gear after the Vikings' young superstar receiver and the Duck Duck, Gray Duck, and much, much more. Uh, All their apparel is screen-printed here in Minnesota on super soft, super comfy shirts and hoodies, a few of which I have myself. You will love it. We are going to hook you up, by the way, with free shipping on your next order. Use Purple Insider for free shipping. The promo code Purple Insider. That's SodaStick.com, S-O-T-A-S-T-I-C-K, original Minnesota sports-inspired goods. Code Purple Insider for free shipping. And I wanted to ask about that, too, because the Vikings are in a spot where if they have a really poor second half of the season, uh, we picked their schedule the other day on the show, and we came up with 5-11 and 11 for the Vikings, which there's a lot of bad teams in the NFL. I think that puts you somewhere around 6th, 7th, somewhere in that ballpark. Um, how many other players do you think end up in the mix with these quarterbacks? Because it seems like all four of them are great NFL prospects, and considering there are a number of teams that have serious needs at the position, um, even some that we didn't necessarily expect. I don't think we looked at Washington initially and said, oh, yeah, that team's definitely going to need a quarterback because they had just taken Haskins, but now they definitely need a quarterback. But then there's other teams like Cincinnati and Houston who are awful, and they don't need quarterbacks going forward. So um, how do you think that that mix kind of plays out with these tanking teams or, uh, in the Vikings' case, just bad and have no cornerbacks left? Um, How do you think that that works out? I think quarterbacks are going to be pushed up. That it it sounds crazy now, but when you're talking about the draft this far out, I don't think anything's too crazy mm-hmm. um, to have Trey Lance or Zach Wilson or both of them go inside the top half of the first round. I think the fact that COVID will play a role in the 2021 draft because some of the blue chippers, um, Micah Parsons, the linebacker from Penn State, Gregory Rousseau, who had 15 and a half sacks on the defensive line for Miami last year, they're not playing. So someone like the blue chip prospects that if they probably would have played, they would have had, you know, huge seasons. They could have locked them inside the top 10. I don't know if they're guaranteed to go there. And like you mentioned, there's a lot of bad teams and most of which beyond Cincinnati and Houston need quarterbacks. So if you're the Vikings and you're looking for the long term and you're saying, all right, well, we have Kirk Cousins for 2021 because of the contract. But after that, we want to plan ahead. Two talented guys in Trey Lance and Zach Wilson sit for a year. I think that would be the perfect scenario. And and really, I think it's tracking for uh, Zach Wilson to be picked higher than anyone would have expected a few months ago. So I want you to expand on the Vikings part of that because the fan base, it feels like they've sort of made their decision on Kirk Cousins. I don't think anyone hates Kirk Cousins. They just realize the shortcomings and how much you need around him to succeed. And I I just feel like you have a perfect situation to draft Zach Wilson or Trey Lance or Justin Fields, however it plays out. And then you 
wait for a year. He sits on the bench, and it just I think it just works when guys sit on the bench and they learn how to be an NFL quarterback, and then you can figure it out down the road. But the other element of this, Chris, is that you have an opportunity to build the roster first, which I think plays into why some guys sitting for a year, why it works. I mean, even if you were Joe Burrow, like imagine you get another year. He's doing fine, but another year where you can build the roster up around him and give him a chance to like not get sacked every third play or something like that. And I was just going through the potential needs for the Vikings. If they make some trades, if they move someone like Harrison Smith, I mean, they could need seven or eight positions next year to be able to fill without a second round draft pick as we currently speak. Um, I, I think that the plan is kind of laid out for you. It's just, are you going to have the guts to do it? Because that means not drafting a tackle, not drafting a defensive tackle, not drafting a safety or a corner, all these things that it looks like you're going to need. Yeah, I think in the Vikings situation in the first round, it would come down to positional value. That if if Trey Lance is sitting there, that's obviously the highest valued position at quarterback. If it's Zach Wilson, I think you have to make that pick over a safety, over a defensive tackle, over an offensive lineman. Those all matter, and I'm I'm a big advocate of, as we've seen for a lot of these new wave of quarterbacks, building a really good offensive line and giving them weapons. I mean, I'm seeing it in Western New York with Josh Allen uh, that that helps a lot, but you need to get that quarterback first. And I think if you're sitting there saying, man, should we pick a safety, our number one safety, or should we pick Zach Wilson, who we really liked that we had as the third quarterback behind Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields for the long-term stability of that organization, you have to kind of lean toward the positional value and fill out some of those other positions, third round, fourth round, um, in free agency, and then the following drafts after that. Yeah, and that's where we're not really certain, Chris, is the people who are in charge, I think, really want to win in 2021 to keep their jobs. And if you're uh, not willing to look down the road with the draft. I think they've made some mistakes in doing this, in looking at their roster and saying, we have to fill this position for this year. Garrett Bradbury, I think, is one of those picks where we're going to go to a zone-blocking system, so let's spend a first-round pick on the best zone-blocking center. Okay, great, but um, you know you can find centers, and there were other guys, wide receivers, that they could have used. And if they knew that Stephon Diggs wanted out, maybe that would have been a good idea. But I guess that's you know over litigating the past. So other quarterbacks, I want you to tell me: is there other people we should be watching? Because I've invented a hashtag, as one does in the year 2020. Um, <laughs> people are just clicking on the words "skull searching," and this is just yes, I'm. Uh, Love it. Tagging all the quarterback highlights. I'm sure they've already, people who have clicked on it have seen plenty of Zach Wilson, a little bit of Justin Fields. Um, But is there anybody outside of that top four that, let's say, the Vikings end up seven and nine? They get hot and they can't draft one of those top four. Um, What do they do? I mean, is there another quarterback that you're looking at as, hey, this is an end of the first round guy, a Teddy Bridgewater type of situation, somebody who could drop um, that maybe is a first round talent? Or is it a huge uh, fall off a cliff after the top four? I don't think it's a fall off a cliff. um, But the player that I'm going to talk about first, he opted out, so we're not going to see him. Jamie Newman, the quarterback who started at Wake Forest, transferred to Georgia and there was a lot of hype because Georgia's just 
behind only Alabama in terms of their recruiting, and then he opted out before the season. He's 6'4", 235 pounds, um, big, very athletic, big arm, uh, and he really elevated that Wake Forest program over the past couple seasons. Down the stretch in the ACC when they faced Clemson, when they faced some better competition, a few of his wide receivers were hurt. He got hurt, had some bad games, but – He's someone I think value-wise, if we're talking about the positional value for the quarterback position, second, third round, I could see him still going there. There was some talk before this season that because he opted out and just showed flashes at Wake Forest um, that he could go later in the draft, that he could be a fifth or a sixth-round pick. I thought that if he would have gone to Georgia, and he didn't have to set the, set the SEC on fire, but if he would have had – a good season, we could have been talking about him as a first-round pick because I saw first-round traits, was very keen on throwing through tight windows, not afraid to make those difficult throws. So Jamie Newman, we can't really watch him, but he's someone to keep in the back of your mind. And two other quarterbacks, Kyle Trask from Florida, not a strong arm, although he's a bigger quarterback. Um, and Florida's kind of had some COVID problems over the past couple of weeks. That's why we haven't seen the Gators. Um Good decision maker, pocket passer, can get outside the pocket a little bit. He's not Kirk Cousins 2.0, but he's someone like Kirk Cousins that I think coaches are going to like because you don't see him put the ball in a lot of precarious situations, um, gets through his reads pretty quickly for only being a second-year starter. And the last guy, someone uh, that has a fascinating college story, Kellen Mann from Texas A&M. Now, he's playing there um, with Jimbo Fisher. That is a traditional, quote-unquote, pro-style system, a lot of drop-back passing play action. Kellen Mann came to Texas A&M as a highly recruited dual-threat quarterback. And if you watched him in his freshman season, he, like, almost couldn't complete a pass. He wanted to run on every play. So the athleticism is there, but I think Jimbo Fisher um, has worked wonders for him very comfortable drifting away from pressure inside the pocket, pretty strong arm in that win over Florida. Kellen Mond actually outplayed Kyle Trask. Uh, He's probably going to be a senior bowl quarterback. If that event happens this year, tons of experience in the sec. And he's someone I think almost like Kirk cousins uh, career at uh, Michigan state three or four year starter. Didn't set the world on fire, but had a lot of the traits and the experience that coaches covet third, fourth round for Kellen Mond is someone that I really think, has the skill set and the experience to be a better pro than he was in college. Even though sports took a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that means hiring is more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gets you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier like sponsored jobs which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire and with 73 percent of online job seekers visiting indeed each month indeed is going to get you the important hire that you need just like they have for over three million businesses right now indeed is offering our listeners a free 75 dollars credit to boost your job post which means more quality candidates will see it fast Try Indeed with $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now, Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. 
You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action with Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads to totals to team and player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division championships, and futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word, BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And I think it's worth noting that if you get someone of Kirk Cousins' talent level for a rookie quarterback contract, you are golden. Like, that's yeah. great for you. It's never really been the criticism that Kirk Cousins can't play. He absolutely can, and he can win games and put up big numbers, but it's hard to maintain a roster when you just have one guy taking up such a huge percentage, and that becomes even more problematic as the salary cap drops, and <clears throat> if we don't get our stuff together, uh, that will keep dropping because of not having fans in the stands, just saying. Um, so Chris Trapasso is a must follow on Twitter. You do little fun videos and things like that. Um, you know, reacting to things and breaking things down. I have one more question for you, which is sure. how hard is it for you to see the Patriots struggling? I mean, you've just, it's gotta, it's gotta break your heart as a Western New York guy. Um, I personally, my dog is really upset. It's just, it's hard to see, you know, we're all emotional about it. I don't remember watching like when that game last week, when the 49ers just ran up and down the field against the Patriots, Cam Newton looked completely out of sorts. Jared Stidham comes into the game, couldn't complete a pass. I was like, has this ever happened before? And I didn't see what year it was, but it was like the worst loss since like early 2000s in Gillette Stadium for the Patriots that they've certainly had some, a few like that can count on one hand, disappointing losses at home over the last 20 years but not a total beatdown like that and not an offense that can't move the football. The Patriots over the past few years, the defense has been great, but they had some porous defenses in the past. Tom Brady would always bail them out uh, seemingly in the end, a lot of those games against the Bills. But to see them be able – to see an opponent be able to run the football at will against them and the offense to not even be able to muster a lot of yards in the second half or score a touchdown at home is just – completely baffling to me. But as a Western New Yorker, I, I think I speak for all of Western New York. Until the Bills actually beat the Patriots, I'll believe <laughs> that it happened. Yeah, that's true. That is a, a good point. Uh, you're, I don't even know if you're old enough to ever remember a time where the Patriots were trash. Like, you have to go back pre-Drew Bledsoe, and you have to – I mean, when I was – a, a kid, like a little kid playing my first Madden game where they were actually complete garbage and not like good at all. And that's where they're at. Yeah. Cause even with Drew Bledsoe, they made that Super Bowl um, when they like uh, lost to the Packers. So like they were still pretty relevant because Drew Bledsoe was, you know, one of the better passers in the league in the nineties. I, I really, I'm 32. I really don't remember when the Patriots were like irrelevant. No one wanted to watch them. They weren't on prime time. Like it's been like 25, 30 years that that's been the case. I know. Like, yeah, you and I are around the same age and it's amazing that you have to go back to literally childhood for that team not to be good. <laughs> so uh, it is both of us being uh, Western New York 
uh, natives. It is hard to see, and uh, we're we're all in mourning about it. But you know, we'll see how it goes. So uh, make sure you follow Chris again on on Twitter. Go look up the Zach Wilson piece. It's fantastic. And um, if you're, I know that some people I'm probably driving insane, but I think this is the most fun thing about this season is we never get to talk about this being you know covering the Vikings. We never get to be those people looking at college quarterbacks with awe and wonderment. Thanks again, uh, Chris Trapasso, for coming on. And I guarantee that we will be doing this again as we go down the stretch here. Thanks again for coming on, Chris. All right, Matt. Thank you.